Blue 42! Blue 42! Hut! Hut! Hike! This is The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5, America's one and only sports talk show. Breaking down college football's biggest games, latest news, and greatest moments. Are you ready? Because it starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Game Managers Podcast. I'm Nick Norris, and with me, as always, is my co-host and author of two New York Times bestsellers, How to Forgive Yourself for Committing Murder, and the Book of 101 Prison Cafeteria Recipes, Justin Knight. Justin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. You know, talking about my novels and everything, you know, I put a lot of work into those, and, you know, if there's any murderers out there listening, you can get past everything you've done. It's possible. So, hey, just read my book and you'll find out. But if you can't, um, I have 101 recipes of great prison food that you'd love to eat. <laughs> That's great. Very good. Well, Justin, we're going to talk about the NFL draft. Uh, Nick Saban had a bit of a car wreck. We're going to talk about that. Brian Harson, uh, ESPN caught up with him about the inquiry, still asking him about that. Uh, and some other things we're going to get into here today. Uh, Alabama football coach Nick Saban was involved in a fender bender in the Birmingham Birmingham area on Friday. But luckily, there are no injuries. Can you, Justin, imagine hitting Nick Saban, having to get out of the car and meet with him, look at the damage, have to share your insurance and stuff with the grumpiest man alive? I mean, I bet he has incredible road rage. So did someone hit him or did he hit somebody? We don't know, but I'm going to assume that Oh, okay. probably someone um, hit him. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but being someone of his uh, stature and, you know, everybody knows who he is, I doubt he's probably just losing his mind in front of everybody. But, um, yeah, I'd be a little intimidated just because I'm like, oh, great. Out of all the people I had to hit, I had to hit Nick Saban. <laughs> What if it, and it could have been worse, and then you really would have been hated. Oh yeah, maybe maybe you said that. Maybe he did hit her. I mean, if if that happened or him, he could have hit him. I don't know who hit who, but if or who the sex is or anybody, I don't know anything about anyone. But if if I was hit by a car, I think I'd be grabbing my neck. I'd lie on the the road crying, just acting incredibly hurt. Oh. get some of that money. Yeah, if I, once I see it was Nick Saban who hit me, I am milking that the, as long as I can. Yeah, I'm making sure that, like, oh, I got whiplash. Uh, I don't remember anything. I don't even know what my name is. Um, and I'm making sure I get that money. I, I just say, you better call your buddy the Affleck Duck and, uh, from those commercials y'all do together because I'm about to get every dollar I, I need can money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. We're kidding. But a lot of people probably would do that. And maybe that's what happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Auburn football coach Brian Harson, he got asked about the inquiry once again. Literally every single day he wakes up and someone asks him, hey, how about that time Auburn almost fired you for no reason? Uh, so <laughs> I imagine that gets incredibly exhausting. But I would uh, think so. That did happen again this week. The last few times he has just said things like, now I'm glad to be back. I have the support of the university. 
you know, he, other things that he obviously has been told by the board to say. But this week, though, he had a, a little more of a, a honest answer, I think, a little, little more heated on the answer, maybe. So if you remember back into the beginning of the inquiry, uh, he was asked about some attacks on his character, some... Uh, it was basically some Twitter rumors about possibly an affair. Um, and Harson then said any attack on his character was, quote, BS, except he said out the word. Uh, when, and so this week, when he was asked about that specific comment again, Harson doubled down, saying, quote, the simplest, strongest statement to come out of all of this was what I said at the time, that it was BS. And I still feel that like that. Uh, everything we were going through, these players, this program, the attacks on my character and my family was BS. Let's be clear on that. We're not folding our tent whatsoever. We'll fight and we'll keep doing it. That's not going to change. We're fighting for the kids on this team. They're worth fighting for. Um, now, he did not necessarily direct this toward the board, just just toward anyone who attacks his character. But I think this could easily be interpreted that way as well, wouldn't you say? Well, I mean, obviously, if you're someone on the board, you're going to interpret it the way of, oh, he's calling this out, and um, I don't appreciate it, even though they put it on themselves by starting this mess in the first place. But, you know, I don't blame him. I'm glad he's not backing down on anything. If he, you know, if all this truly is false, like it seems like it is, then yeah, he needs to stand up for his character, and there's no reason for all these false narratives and rumors to, you know, especially hit at your family like that, too, and just to say, you know, personal attacks about uh, some possible um, affair he was having, you know, all that BS, like he said it is. Um, so I don't blame him. Good on him for standing up and sta- uh, standing strong and all this crap that's coming out. So, I mean, I would be saying the same thing. Yeah, and at this point, like, we're, we are months removed. When did this happen? Like, early January? Wasn't that around the time? Yeah, this was like, this was like towards the end of January. All this stuff started coming out. We are so far. So, yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's nearly the summer. Like, it's on. it's May. Yeah. I mean, it's May now. Is it not? Is it not May? Yeah, it's May. It's today, May first. So. Like, come on. Yeah, Let's move I, on. Yeah, I, I like. We're not getting. If we were getting new revelations about something, that'd be different. But we're just. This is just repeating the same old. He's just getting asked about the same old stuff. And I guess they're hoping that he's going to break because he he keeps getting asked. Oh about yeah. But. Yeah, I would say most of these reporters aren't a huge fan of Harson to begin with. I don't think they were last year. I remember there was some uh, sorry reporter that was complaining about him throwing out hats. (laughs) Do you remember that? He was throwing out hats at one of the practices, and one of the reporters was like, can't believe he was doing that. Unbelievable. And it should be said that a lot of the people who have to ask these questions, they don't choose to. They're, They're told what to ask also, some of these things. But... Regardless, it has to get incredibly exhausting for Harson. It's exhausting. Yeah. Like I, I got the alert on ESPN. I didn't even read it. I was just like, I'll look at this later. I, I know what this is going to be. I know exactly what's going to be said. <laughs> I don't, I don't need this. But uh, moving on, Oklahoma Sooners legend Barry Switzer announced the formation of One Oklahoma, an NIL collective that will give every OU football player the opportunity to earn a five bigger salary um i know we have a lot of people have been saying well the nil deals what about the linemen they're not going to get paid as much um making five figures they're still going to do pretty well i think um now this isn't going to be everywhere obviously this is an oklahoma thing but i imagine a lot of big universities will 
follow suit if they haven't already um, with this. See, so at that point, it's not college anymore. If you're getting paid five figures to go play college sports now, it's, it's not college. Yeah, because I think I think the minimum can, is you 50, can forget 000. about the you can forget about the academic part. If I'm making fifty thousand as a college student, I don't care less about my academic stuff. That's why I think at this point they just need to separate it. If you want to go play college sports, it needs to be a separate entity, and then you have academics, unless you want to truly do both. Well, it's it's interesting you say that because this week the NCAA announced on Thursday that its president Mark Emmert will step down by the middle of next year in a decision that has been characterized a quote mutual agreement. Now whenever you hear mutual agreement that means you were forced to step down essentially <laughs> almost always means yep. that. Um, so yeah, it seems like they, you know, the NCAA obviously their influence is crumbling um, between the transfer portal and the NIL deals and whatnot. The NCAA has lost a lot of their grip on the, the college market and I think that firing Mark Emmert is a, is a step toward maybe regaining some of that or making him a fall man, um, yeah. which is interesting because just last year they gave him a five-year extension, and now they want him gone. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what is going to happen here between the sports versus academic side. I think that some things yeah, are going to definitely change. I, I mean, think about this. When you think about any professional leagues, these guys are getting paid good money because it's a professional career job in the sports world, you know, not like other middle class or, you know, blue collar, white collar jobs. It's just, it's a sports job. They get paid because people watch it's entertainment. So college, you know, college has always been, it was made for academics. And then you had sports as uh, something else for people who went to college. They have athletic opportunity, maybe a chance to, you know, play past college to make it to a professional league. So now with this, you say Oklahoma starting this to where everybody can, has the opportunity to make five figures. A lot of people don't even make five figures at just a normal job. And now these guys get to go to college, which was always supposed to be academics with athletics. And now they're getting paid for that athletic ability. I just feel like you're kind of in muddy water. Um, it, it just starts getting a little messy, in my opinion, unless you separate the two. At that point, I, I feel like because if me and you, if we somehow were able to get five figures, you really think we're going to care about our academics? Um, not probably not as much because I would have no. time to do other so, stuff. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just think at some point, if they if they really want to pay these college athletes like this, go ahead, whatever. But. I think they need to be separated because at that point it's becoming a job. You're getting paid to play in college. So I don't know the, the two shouldn't be going together. I'm, I, I like that the players get paid, but I do not like how, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I do not like how there's no structure. I, I do wish that there was some minimums. Uh, I don't really care that much about a maximum cap, but I do think there should be some minimum stuff going on. I do think there should be like, some sort of fairness, some sort of balance going on, um, because yeah, I mean, because you go to Oklahoma and I, and, you know, you get to play there and you make, you know, the minimum there is fifty thousand. That's and that's you know, I'm I'm glad for the players. That's great, but you know, I I don't like that. 
that will probably help them get players that other schools can't, smaller schools. But then we say that, and then who was it? Jackson State just got the number one receiver, so apparently they're doing okay too. I don't know. I don't know about this. I'm, I'm not as educated on this as I probably should be. Not not that I really should be. I don't make any decisions. But, um, yeah, I, I need to know more about it, and I wish there was some sort of structure within it, I think, is where I'm at with it. Yeah, that, that's the issue is the structure. Like I said, it starts getting a little muddy and a little messy Yeah. Um, with all this. So I – I just think they, if they're going to do that, they should just separate the two. Well, speaking of separating, the Chicago Bears have agreed to release veteran quarterback and former Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles, his agent confirmed to NFL media. Foles made eight starts during his two years with the Bears, who drafted fellow quarterback Justin Fields in the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft. And now, instead of being traded, they have granted him free agency. He's going to get to kind of pick where he wants to go. So good for him. Nick Foles won that Super Bowl and has it done (laughs) squat since. Yeah. Good a time as any to make a comeback, I say. I guess so. Uh, Birmingham Stallions are the last undefeated team in the USFL, sitting pretty at 3-0 after Saturday's 22-13 win over New Orleans. Justin, have you watched any USFL ball yet? Nope. (laughs) We should go to a game. We uh, We should go to one. I guess I'd rather go to a Barons game. <laughs> yeah, I kind of would too, actually. And I, <laughs> I don't know. I like I like watching the broadcast, and I say that I haven't watched a full broadcast since week one. I'd like to know the numbers. If you if you want to stall and, and talk for a minute, Justin, I'll be happy to do that. But, yes, please. Well, I was actually just thinking about that because I mean, looking at the crowds, it's and now I haven't looked past couple of weeks because I haven't watched a game since I checked out those crowds on Easter Sunday where nobody was there. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see what kind of attendance they're getting with random teams that you're not a fan of. Like when you have New Jersey playing Houston and you're like, oh, they're playing in Birmingham. Do I really care to watch two random teams that I have no interest in? Um, curious to see what the attendance has been at some of these games. Because the first game, obviously, it was it was good. But I don't know how it's been since. So it looks like we don't have the week three ratings yet, but we do have the week two ratings. Um, they dropped, obviously, significantly. Uh, but they were still better than the EPL and the NHL. NHL, you know, that's, that's pretty big. So let's see. Uh, NBC and Fox split 2.95 million views on the debut. So that was week one. Um, let's see what they got on get on week two here, one point zero fifty six million views. They lost about they lost nearly mm. two million viewers. After yeah, week yeah, it's um, a big drop. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how sustainable. I mean, a million viewers a week, and that's probably gonna drop this week too, depending on the type of play they're watching. I mean, I don't know how. Don't really know what their market is, how much money they've spent to where, what they're hoping for in viewership. I don't know if a million is like, yay, that's what we want. Because um, that doesn't seem great <laughs> by any means, but I don't, I don't really know. And it's doing, it looks like it's doing worse rating-wise than the XFL did as well. Um, just just slightly. That's better. not good. Yeah, so week two for XFL, they had 1.61 million views. So essentially 0.6 million views more on week mm. two. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's... Uh, I obviously, hope, crowd though, attendance if, is a big, big issue as well. 
Yeah, I hope, you know, if this doesn't work out, that they'll finally just say, okay, look, what's the point of even doing this? Nobody really has an interest in football after uh, NFL and everything after college. Nobody has any interest. They're interested in other sports. I hope they just stop there and they don't make any other trying to attempt of bringing back one of these leagues. Yeah, because I don't want I don't want any more. And they are they're bringing back the XFL. They're doing another thing. Yeah, there. like they're gonna keep doing it until it just nobody's watching. But I just like, is it worth it? Are you making a profit? I can't imagine that. I mean, I know they know that they're not going to initially, right? That that's they're building toward oh, yeah. making a profit. But are you ever going to? Because it seems like such a risk, and probably not gonna. I'm gonna look up some tweets here on the USFL crowds. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it like you said, it's a risk, but it'll be. We'll just have to see. Um, I guess week five, week six, and see what their numbers are, or heck, even what their numbers are for this week, since they dropped so much after week one to week two. I want to see how they are week three. Um, because I guess it's still tough competition now. You still got to deal with NBA's in the playoffs. You get a lot of viewership then. Uh, NHL starting playoffs on uh, Monday, I believe. Um, Baseball is just getting started, so it's still a tough competition. Yeah, and and this week I guess you they may have been hurt a little bit by the draft going on, uh, so maybe. But I don't know. I mean, I, no, nobody watches the draft really either. Like no, after the I first mean, I didn't round, watch the draft. Yeah, after the first round, people don't really. I like after I watch the first round, and then the last two days, I just check in and out. I usually have it playing in the background while I do something else. So. Yeah, you know, I I've usually had it turned on, but this year I, I didn't watch any of it. I, I just I really? guess I wasn't really interested in watching any of it. But um, yeah, I I don't know why I didn't turn. I just have no, I guess I have no interest. <laughs> well, we're gonna talk about it all here in a bit. But in our last bit of news, after a 15 year hiatus, Birmingham is hosting the first and second round of the NCAA men's basketball tournament at Legacy Arena on March 16th and 18th in 2023. March Madness coming back to Birmingham. It's good stuff, I think. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, maybe there'll be some decent ticket prices. Yeah, maybe we can uh, we can get a couple and go. All yeah. right, well, that wraps up news for us today. We're going to go to our Weird News of the Week segment now, Miss Managers. Peculiar and wonderful and terrible and bad Mismanagement and mystery and dreams you never had Grizzly or grievous or beavers with cleavers Audacity and specialty and news to drive you mad It's a wonder any one of us can manage to survive In a world of, world of mismanagers All right, well, we've got a couple local stories for us today, Justin uh, Usually our stories come from Florida, uh, places like that, but we got a couple here from our own backyard here in Alabama. And the first comes from the Huffington Post. A lawnmower's thief's, uh, thief is in legal trouble if the cops find her after a low-speed getaway towing a stolen University of Alabama yard sign. <laughs> the woman in Flomenton, Alabama on Wednesday uh, was seen on a lawnmower with a uh, pilfering a trailer she used to haul away a large Alabama A sign uh, and she she stole it on a lawnmower 
They are at uh, the police. Why? Are, the police Why? are asking for the public's help in identifying the suspect who is accused of pilfering. <laughs> I mean, what's the point? Can't you just just buy something online that's Alabama themed? Well, she wanted this one. She wanted this one on her little lawnmower, and she stole it. So I'd say it's about yeah. a three foot sign or so, maybe two foot, two to three foot sign. You know, if she's really gonna get in trouble for something, how about she just try? She should just try to steal the Nick Saban statue or something. You know, go all out. <laughs> don't just steal some little Alabama sign. I don't think her uh, her two hundred dollar lawnmower would be able to handle that. But no, she would have to get better equipment. Um, but you know, if she wants to really steal something, go all out. Well, this is someone who went all out in the worst possible way. This comes from today.com. You've probably heard about this, Justin. An Alabama Arby's manager is facing criminal charges in a civil lawsuit after she allegedly dumped hot grease on a drive through customer, leaving the victim with severe burns. So, I, yeah, I remember seeing this. Um, someone had shared it, and I think you, you sent it to me too. I'm just trying to imagine what point does it get to in a drive through line where you're working at Arby's to where... You know what? This person has made me so upset. I'm going to go get some hot grease, dump it on them, which, you know, could possibly kill them if you dump it yeah. enough of it. Yeah. Um, cause them to be severely burned for life, scarred forever, um, because I was that upset with them. Like, what was, I want to know what was said, what could have happened. That was nuts. Uh, I believe they shut down this Arby's for a little bit after this. I don't. I, don't I would say was, so. <laughs> I don't know if it was a day or if it still is. I have no idea. But um, yeah, wild stuff, crazy. Yeah, somebody who is obviously unhinged. Um, yeah, they don't need to be working. I would working. say so. They don't need to be working. Uh, but they were the manager. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. I mean, which is even manager. worse. Yeah. Because wow. then that goes, I almost, I would say that goes back to Arby's. You have a manager that is dumping hot grease on somebody. It's almost a bad look on Arby's itself. We always say, like, whenever something minor happens, we're like, oh, they, they won the lottery. This is not that. I would not want this to happen to myself. I don't care how much money I got. Heck no. I don't want hot grease thrown on my face. That's insanity. Yeah, because you're scarred forever, especially, yeah, it's yeah. thrown all over your face and your arms. I mean, that, that's for life. Uh, let's see. So the chief of police in Hueytown, Mike Yarbrough, said, I would say, for lack of a better word, she just snapped. All we know is that she got to a point, she went back and got grease and came out and poured it on our victim. I can't think of anything that would be said that warrants this kind of punishment. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I think, though, at that point, if if I'm in the drive through line and it already seems like someone's that upset, at that point, I'm just I'm gone. I'm leaving. I'll get my food somewhere else. Uh, the victim's lawyer says that um, the dispute seemed to happen after the victim, who was in the car with an 11-year-old and 4-year-old daughters, ordered a milkshake. According to Cannon, the manager then allegedly said some, quote, impolite things and, quote, called his client a name. Uh, Cannon said, my client simply asked whether the employee would appreciate her being called that. Cannon said, that is when the employee allegedly went back, got the grease, and threw it on her. Uh, Arby's said, we immediately terminated the offender and we are cooperating with the local authorities in the investigation. Our heart goes out to the guests and we are working to help support their recovery. Brutal stuff. It's even worse that they had their kids in the car too. Yeah, for real. Jeez. Well, getting out of the state, moving to California here. This is by Coast to Coast ATM. 
Com. A California resident got quite the surprise when they discovered that a family of five black bears had been hibernating beneath their home for the past several months. How does that happen, beneath your home? <laughs> um, let's see. The weird realization came to light last week when the organization Bear League shared the hair-raising account on social media. According to the group, which works to support people living in harmony with bears, the strange, strangeness began when an unarmed individual who rents a house in the city of South Lake Tahoe noticed a series of strange, quote, rumbling, snoring-like noises uh, emanating from beneath the floorboards. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. That's Yeah, that's terrifying. That is really scary. <laughs> Um, and then lastly here, Justin, this is, this is something I want to ask you. What is your, what is your view on de-extinction, to de-extinct something, to bring it back to life? I don't like it. I think you're kind of messing with um, nature and what just kind of happened naturally. You know, they went extinct for a reason. I don't think I want to bring it back. <laughs> well, you are in the majority because uh, according to a survey... Uh, most Americans are against the extinction. Uh, even though each passing year, science seemingly gets increasingly closer to being able to bring extinct creatures back to life, the results of an enlightening survey released this past week suggest that those looking forward to seeing such lost species in the flesh someday may wind up having to wait a while as a whopping 45% of Americans said they were against the extinction. Oh, so I guess it's a slight minority. Or maybe 50 Maybe it's less than that that it support, and there's another option. Uh, another surprise from the survey was that of those who do think it is a good idea, no creature from an array of possible candidates received more than 50% support. And uh, popular lost animals like the woolly mammoth, the Tasmanian tiger, and dinosaurs all ranked at or near the bottom of the list. I'd like to see the Tasmanian tiger, maybe some mammoths make a return. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I think it'd be cool. Just have them, have them bouncing about. Just have them out in the wild. Like, you'd have to have them in a yeah. preserve. You can't just have loose Tasmanian you know, tigers. You, you know what you sound like? You sound like uh, Jurassic Park. You know, they've made a movie and book about this. Did it turn out very well? No. Yeah. Well, a woolly mammoth isn't going to eat you alive. Like, it might stomp you, but it's. I'd say it's about those, as dangerous as an elephant. And we have elephants. Well, I'd say woolly, woolly mammoths were so much bigger than, than elephants are. So much bigger. Yeah, but they would, like, you'd have them on a preserve. They wouldn't just be walking around Birmingham. You wouldn't walk well, out of Mogshock and because it, it, stomp, you know. Because <laughs> Birmingham's not the uh, right environment for a woolly mammoth. They'd have to be somewhere up in Russia. Um, but even though I do remember years ago, they had said something about bringing back the woolly mammoth in Russia. They had found something... And I don't know how true that was, but um, they I have about it they have fully back. preserved mammoths, like intact yeah. DNA, blood cells, they which have, would make yeah. sense since they were doing the ice age and when they died, of course, you know, the body just froze over and it was preserved. Um, no, nah, but it, that kind of stuff, it you know, it's extinct for a reason. Now I'm all for look. How about we just focus on the current animals, especially like the animals that are close to extinction. I like we focus on preserving them instead of yeah. trying to bring back a different kind of species. I do agree with that. Like I think that if this technology can be used to do that, then maybe use it to make a few males and females for like endangered species and bring them back. Yeah, yeah, 
I think that's a good idea. Like, you know, like tigers, and I know they're talking about sharks because a lot of people use the shark fins, um, rhinos, heck, even elephants, I think, too, are, you know, probably getting close to that category because of their tusk. Well, what's your opinion um, then on, like, synthetic meat? Because, you know, they can, they can clone meat and you can eat that. What do you think about that? I don't think I want synthetic meat. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a little weird too. Yeah, because that's becoming a bigger thing. Synthetic meats. Yeah, I, I've heard about that too. I, I would. I don't think I want cloned meat. That seems kind of strange as well. <laughs> All right. Well, we need to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the NFL draft, Alabama and Auburn players taken in the draft, and in much more. So stay tuned. <laughs> You're listening to The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5. Welcome back to The Game Managers. I'm Nick Norris, and with me is Justin Knight. Hey, hey, hey. Justin, we had the NFL draft this year, the 2022 rendition. Um, it wasn't super flashy. They had it set up like in this big tent thing. It looked nice, but... Uh, it was no uh, no Vegas 2020 that we were supposed to get that we, we were promised we never got. Remember, they're supposed to have it in the uh, in the Caesar Hotel, and you were going to ride the little boats on the pond. <laughs> yeah, that would have been awesome. Wait, so what, where where did they have the draft this year? It was in Vegas, but they didn't do it where they uh, where they planned in 2020. Oh. Yeah, hmm. but you know, got the job done. Whatever. Um, before we get into the draft, I want to look at it from an Alabama and Auburn perspective, though. So, the Crimson Tide had seven players selected in this year's draft, the lowest total from Alabama since 2016. Uh, several others will now be looking for training camp spots through free agency, including Christopher Allen, Slade Bolton, uh, Jose Job, uh, Chris Owens, LeBron Ray, Daniel Wright. I believe Slade Bolton may have just been picked up. Uh, right prior to recording this, I don't know. I'll look that up in a moment. But the seven Alabama players who were drafted were offensive tackle Evan Neal by the Giants for the seventh overall pick, Jamison Williams, the Detroit Lions, the twelfth overall pick, wide receiver John Mechie with the Texans for the forty-fourth pick, defensive tackle uh, Fedarian Mathis, Washington Commanders, forty-seventh pick. Still, when I see uh, Washington Commanders, I'm like, is that a USFL team? Who is that? I'm not used to it yet. Yeah, it's such a dumb name. Uh, linebacker Christian Harris to the Texans with the 75th pick. Running back Brian Robinson to the Commanders with the 98th pick. And cornerback Jalen Amore Davis with the Ravens with the last 119th pick for Alabama. Auburn had one player drafted in 2022. Cornerback Roger McCrary was selected number 35 overall by the Tennessee Titans. This was the first time since 2013 that Auburn had only one player drafted. Hey, hey. And meanwhile, Georgia set records with 15 players drafted and five of those in the first round. Justin, out of 262 players taken, zero were from the University of Texas. So, Hey, I was going to bring that up too. Hey, we beat Texas. Everybody give a round of applause to the University of Texas. Good work. Hey, put those hooks down, baby. Woo! Mm. Uh, so I just thought, I found this article here. It says... Uh, by pff.com, and it's uh, grading all 32 teams in the draft. I just thought we could go through this. We could give, give us some highlights. We could talk about it, and if we agree with some of these grades, what do you think? 
Okay, whatever you want to do. Well, this is what I want to do, Justin, and I want you to to respect that. Okay. And that's what I'm doing. That's I, that's why I said whatever you want to do. All right, we'll start out with the Arizona Cardinals, Justin. Uh, they drafted tight end and Trey McBride, an edge rusher in Cameron Thomas, edge rusher in Majai Sanders. Uh, not really any uh, skill positions there uh, outside of a tight end. Everyone else is uh, he's mostly defense or line protection. Uh, but the Cardinals, they're pretty solid, I'd say, with their skill positions, wouldn't you say? Uh, they're with for Kyler Murray. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, they're doing all right. Yeah, I think they're doing okay with D-Hop. So uh, they gave them a B-. minus. Uh, yeah, that's fine, I guess. Uh, I would have liked cool. to have... <laughs> this is one of those that's it's a very boring draft. You're not getting anything super exciting out of these guys here. But they already have their pieces. They don't, they don't need more talent do that it's just going to drive up uh there's no we really saw that with with quarterbacks too you know not many teams draft a quarterback because a lot of teams don't really need a quarterback yeah um a team who did very well apparently according to at least pff is atlanta falcons they received an a uh they did have a they did have a very controversial pick with drake london wide receiver from usc as the eighth overall pick uh that was very surprising to me, this guy I'd never heard of. Yeah, that make so. Yeah, you would pass on Garrett Wilson, um, Jameson Williams, um, the Olave, and then um, heck, even Mechie. Um, you pass on all those guys and get this guy Drake, whatever his name is, Drake London from USC. Never yep. even heard of him. Yep. Don't even know how he plays. Didn't make any sense. Now he was. Um, he had done, performed very well at camps, and he was expected to go high, higher than some of those guys. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty surprising. Uh, the Bills, Buffalo Bills, they also were given an A+. Uh, likewise, they this didn't... This guy's have, just given generous grades for everybody, apparently. Yeah, everybody gets an A+. Everybody got a 100. Everybody did well. Um, <laughs> the Bills, they're obviously in great shape. Super Bowl contender. Uh, they weren't in the Super Bowl, but they were nearly to it last year. So... Um, they're always, you know, they, they're doing all just all right. Uh, but they did pick up some places for their weak spots, particularly the defense. They got a cornerback in uh, Kair Alam from Florida. That name probably sounds very familiar. He is uh, the 23rd overall pick. Uh, they also got a linebacker out of Clemson, Balin Spector, and a cornerback, uh, Christian Benford from Villanova. They did pick up a couple skill guys, running back James Cook from Georgia. Uh, very good running back and uh, wide receiver mm-hmm. Khalil Shakir from Boise State. So good stuff, I think. I'm I'm ready to get down to the ones where people are like, I want to see somebody get an F. I want to see somebody fail this. Uh, yeah, your Carolina Panthers, grades. Justin. Where do your Carolina Panthers? How do you, how do you think they did? Uh, I would really say your Carolina Panthers. I have no interest in what the Carolina Panthers do. Um, I did say they drafted a uh, Matt Corral. You know, good for him. I think that was a Good decision to get a quarterback, but I have no idea who else they got because I don't care about the Panthers. You're a Panthers fan, or are you just a Cam Newton I'm fan? Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was a fan when Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, uh were there, and um, yeah, Thomas Davis also as a linebacker. Um, and I like, well, I, I like McCaffrey too, and I don't even know if he's going to be there much longer. I know they've been talking about trading him, but. Um, I, yeah, I don't really have any interest with all a lot of the moves they made. I just 
I lost interest in watching them. The Chicago Bears, we mentioned them already. They get a B minus. Um, now they did get some good players with it. They didn't have um, a first round pick. They gave it to the Giants as part of the Justin Fields trade. But with the 39th pick, which was their first, they got cornerback Kyler uh, Gordon from Washington. Uh, did okay, apparently. B minus, not not terrible. Cleveland Browns, they get a B for their grade here. But with their uh, first pick, do you know what round they had their first pick in, Justin? Well, probably the amount of trades that they did with the Texans to get Watson. Um, I don't know, probably like the third or fourth round. Third round was their first pick. Uh, with the 68th overall pick, they got cornerback Martin Emerson from Mississippi State. And, this is exciting, with another third-round pick, they got edge rusher Alex Wright from UAB. Very cool. 78th overall hey, pick. there you go. Good stuff, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, sucks he has to go to the Browns, but good he's going to make some big money. So. The Dallas Cowboys. They did pretty well in the draft. They got a B+. Plus. They, uh, I'm trying to find some relevant names here. Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. He's a wide receiver. He was taken in the third round. Uh, Damone nice. Clark from LSU, linebacker, was taken in the fifth round. Uh, it's good stuff. Good stuff. B+. Plus. Um, when are we going to get... Let's see. I'm going to skip down. I want to find a really bad grade. I want to see what the worst grade on here is. Yeah, what, what you got? What do you think? What do you reckon the worst grade he's going to give out is, considering everything has been positive so far? Pro- uh, the worst has to be like a C-. minus. I found one already slightly lower than that. Oh, nice. There you go. Uh, let's see. Okay. The lowest grade this guy gives is a D. Do you want to hear who the D is? If I had to guess, he probably gave it um, to the Rams. Not the Rams. Actually, the Patriots. The Bucks. Patriots. Oh, pay- Ooh. Yeah. Yikes. They didn't have a very good draft at all. Um, they did with their first round pick, their only first round pick. They got guard Cole Strange from Chattanooga. Their only round two pick, they got wide receiver Tyquan Thornton from Baylor. And in round three, they got cornerback uh, Marcus Jones from Houston. Um, after that, they pick up some other names here in the fourth round, the sixth round, one in the seventh, but. Yeah, no, nobody on this list I really recognize that much. I knew Cole Strange from Chattanooga because um, that was kind of a, a big shocker that he went there. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, let's talk about Cole Strange, though, because he was the biggest kind of reach of round one. Um, he was 86 on PFF's big board, apparently. Um, his anchor and footnote, they say, are suspect, making it highly unlikely he slots in as a major comp- contributor early on. He probably has to be kind of coached up. Uh, but they say, on a positive note, Strange is a versatile and elite athlete who excels in space. Six foot five, 307 pounds. What, this is interesting, though. With your first pick, you, you probably could have swept back and got him in the second round if you really wanted to. You wanted to make sure you got Cole Strange, of all people. I mean, good on him. Yeah, what position does he play again? Uh, he's a guard. He's a guard. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess they needed some linemen, but they probably could have gotten somebody else. And um, I, I felt like they probably needed more skill position. At You know, the Patriots need some wide receivers. Um, but 
Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It seemed like a strange pick with you know all the other linemen you could have chosen from. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, that one was I was like, do what? <laughs> okay, I mean, <laughs> good for him. Like that's awesome for him. But let's uh, let's pick three more teams, Justin. You 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 tell me three teams you want to know what they got the grade for, and let's let's read those out. Uh. What about the Jets? The Jets? Let's look at the Jets. All right, so let's go down. I think these are in alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, the New York Jets. Now, in the first round, they got cornerback uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. Very good cornerback. We've talked about him on the nice. show. It's the fourth overall pick. Yeah. Uh, the tenth overall pick, they got wide receiver Garrett Wilson, Ohio State. Very good grab. Nice. Um the 26th overall pick, they got edge rusher Jermaine Johnson, the second from Florida State. Very talented guy. Uh, nice. Yeah, they did. They did very well. They were given an A minus. Um, maybe not as many big names later in the second half there, between uh, you know the second and third days. But I'd say round one, wow. they were they were in great shape. Yeah. So you're telling me the Jets actually did a good job at the draft? They did a good job at the draft. Yeah, they sure did. Uh, what's another one? Let's look at the. Ste- I'd like to see the Steelers. Want to see what they did? Oh, uh, yeah. What they give the Steelers? Now, the Steelers in the first round of the 20th overall pick, they got quarterback Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. Uh, pretty good grab. Yeah, I really pick. like that pick. Yeah, I, I do, like too. It, yeah. I like this one, too. In round two, got him kind of late with the 52nd overall pick. They got George Pickens from Georgia. Pretty talented guy. Um, yeah, he's. I think he's still a question mark, though, considering he was hurt a lot. He hadn't really played much. And he has yeah. issues with, um, uh, gosh, what's... Um, trying to think of the best word um he get well we we knew he got in a lot of fights and a lot of unsportsmanlike penalties probably that issue as well yeah yeah and so that's he may not be a guy that they plug in immediately but if they're able to get his head on straight i guess maybe he'll it'll turn out all right they also drafted another quarterback late in the seventh round did you know this uh another quarterback yeah chris oladukin from South Dakota no State. Idea who that is. I'm sure I butchered that, but yeah. Uh, give me one more. Give me one more team we want to look at. They got. Oh, by the way, the Steelers got a B, a B plus, B plus. Okay. Yeah, seems about right. Uh, one more team. Hmm. Uh, look up the Lions because I know okay. they got some big names. Let's go to Detroit. Let's go to Detroit. So the Lions. They got, in the first round, they had a couple picks. With the second overall pick, they got Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. Great great pickup. Yeah. They also got another great pickup in Jamison Williams from Alabama with the 12th overall pick. Yeah. Um, that's two great first-round picks. Second round, they got uh, Josh Pachel from Kentucky, uh, Kirby Joseph from Illinois in the third round. Um, some other names there. Uh, they got James Houston the fourth from Jackson State. It's kind of cool. And they were given a grade of an A plus. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, there just you those, go. I'd say just those nice. first two picks. Pretty uh pretty great. So good. So deal. the Lions and the Jets, two of the bottom feeders there. Yeah. Doing a pretty good job with the draft. I'd like to see how the Jaguars do very quickly, if you don't mind. I know what they got, but I'd like to see their grade. They were given a C plus. Yikes. Mm, that's no good, especially when you don't have any talent to begin with. And when you have the first overall pick and they picked Trayvon Walker from Georgia. Uh, but after that, yeah, not really many noti- like recognizable names after that. They got Devin Lloyd from Utah. Um, after that, I don't know that I've seen any of these people. I've seen Snoop Connor from Mississippi. It's a running back. 
Yeah. yeah. It doesn't sound very good. No, it doesn't sound good at all. Well, good deal. Uh, Justin, though, it is time we move on to your segment. We need to learn a thing or two with the Learning Corner with Professor Knight. All right, students, gather round and put on your listening ears. It's time to visit the Learning Corner with Professor Knight. <laughs> what are we learning today, Professor? What are we learning today, Professor? Oh, yes, welcome to the best segment, the Learning Corner. So it would only be right that uh, y'all learn a thing or two about the NFL draft. So I've just got some facts here um, that I'd love to tell you about the NFL draft. So there have been many different locations since 1937 NFL draft. The event has been held in 10 cities. Uh, of course, 2020 draft was uh, virtual. Bleh. It was the worst draft, if I had to say so myself. Yes, I agree. And of course... It was just in Las Vegas, and next year it will be in Kansas City. Um, cool, I guess. I don't know. I mean, Kansas City is fine. I don't know why that popped up on their radar, but okay. And um, so which city has hosted the most NFL drafts? Obviously, New York City. Mm-hmm. It was there uh, from 65 into 2014, and then it was also held in 37, 39, 45 through 47, 52, and 55. Um, so in second place was Philadelphia. It had 15 occasions where they held NFL draft there. Um, teams with the most number one picks. What do you think? Oh gosh. Um, Detroit? Uh, no. So we've got the Colts was seven. Okay. Um, the Rams was seven. And, yeah, that's the two that have the most first-round uh, number one overall picks. How about that? That's, uh, yeah, it's wild. I really yeah. thought somebody would uh, be. Let's see. I, didn't, I wouldn't have thought those teams. I also would have thought somebody would have more than seven. But that makes, that makes uh, sense. So behind the Rams and Colts, there are three teams tied with five first overall picks. It's the Browns, Bucks, and Cardinals. Huh. Yeah. Good on them. Um. So teams who have never picked first overall. Who okay. do you think? How many are there? How many teams that have never picked uh, first overall? Let's see. We've got one, two, three. Only three. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Green Bay. Uh, no. Uh, Steelers. Uh, no. Okay. I'm thinking, I'm thinking historically good teams. I probably need to think new teams, don't I? That's probably what I need to think. Yeah, so here's one new team, the Titans. Ravens. They've only been around since okay. 1996. The Ravens. What about the Titans? Um, the Seahawks. Uh, Titans now. Oh, okay. So the Ravens, the Seahawks, so got, and who? And the Broncos. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Nope. Um, most quarterbacks taken in first round. So let's see here. On five occasions... NFL teams were not confident in the prospects, and no quarterbacks were selected in the first round. That was 1974, 84, 85, 88, and 96. In 1974 and 88, no quarterbacks were taken in the first two rounds, which is almost unheard of, especially now. Wow. Um, in three drafts, five quarterbacks were taken in the first round. Uh, that's, I mean, that's a pretty good bit. You had 99, 2018, and just this past year in 2021. Um, let's see. So in 1998, you want to wonder who 
turn the league on its head regarding elite quarterback play. Who is that? Um, that would be... Let's see. Da, 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 da. Don't ask a question if you don't have the answer, Justin. Well, you know what? Yeah, they asked the question and they didn't give an answer to it. So I, I'm really sorry. <laughs> You're going to have to actually look it up for me. <laughs> okay, what year? What year? 1998. The first pick of 1998? Or the first quarterback? Uh, just look at quarterbacks. Yeah, look at quarterbacks taken in 98. Okay, quarterback draft class 1998. All right, we've got Peyton Manning. I'm guessing that's who we're talking about. First pick That's probably who it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so let's see. Da-da-da. Okay, here's next. we got the biggest bust in NFL draft history. Uh, this one's pretty. Who do you think they consider the biggest bus to be? They have two names on here. Oh man, uh, I have no idea. I remember. I remember when Cam Newton was taken. Everybody was like, "He's going to be the biggest bus." I'm going to say, I guess Johnny Manziel. Is that? Nope. Who is it? So you got two names on here. They are two quarterbacks. Uh, Jamarcus Russell. Okay. Obviously, and then Ryan Leaf. Ah, yeah. Yeah. We actually have an email um, about so heading, that, too. We're going to talk about that in a bit. Oh, do we? Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, you know, the Raiders drafted Jamarcus Russell. He was a big deal. Everybody thought, you know, he was going to be great. Um, it would have been a slam dunk. Great passer, great size, had a great pro day in combine. Um, let's see, three years later, he was out of the league. Wow. Uh, so he, show, he showed up to camp weighing 290 pounds. Can you believe that? That's, that's, um, that's, that's a big boy. <laughs> he, he had a terrible work ethic and was just awful in every aspect. Jeez. <laughs> and, of course, there's the big story where they gave him a blank tape and told him to study film, and he came back and said he watched it and learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which is We're, just hilarious. That's, uh, that's good stuff. Well, we got we to gotta move on. I, I do want to talk more about that here in a minute. But we do have to go to commercial break. Let me just... Let me just do one more for you here real quick. All right, hit me with it. Latest drafted Hall of Famer. Okay, what we got? So, like, the player doesn't have to be a first-rounder to be eventually make it to the Hall of Fame. So, to date, there's 17 undrafted players that have been enshrined in Canton. So, let's see. Okay, so 19, before 1994, the NFL draft was significantly longer, a record that is likely to never fall. Roosevelt Brown was selected with the 321st pick in the 1952 draft by the Giants. He spent his entire career in New York, played 13 seasons, won an NFL championship, and he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 74. Wow. <laughs> that is very rare. That's awesome. Yeah. On him. All right. That's it. Sorry. Okay. When we come back, we're going to give out our awards for the week. Um, so stay tuned. Welcome, everyone, to the Game Managers Podcast, where we are about to give out our most prestigious awards, the TG Emmys. I'm Nick Norris, and with me is Justin Knight. Yes, your esteemed host. Now, Justin, my first award of the week, I'm going to give out the award for Walking White Privilege. (laughs) This award goes to Urban Meyer, who somehow, despite all signs pointing toward him being a terrible human being, it's in negotiations to get another analyst position with Fox Sports. Good on. How? Urban Meyer. How does I, that even happen? I don't know. 
I don't know. So he gets the award for walking white privilege. That's the only reason I can think they gave him the job back, maybe. Justin, what award do you I, have for us? Uh, yeah, um, I'd say, uh, let's see, I had one. Probably most disappointed player in the draft, too. You know, a lot of hype was going into him to be drafted pretty early. Uh, Malik Willis. Yeah. A lot said, you know, he'd be drafted first round. And he wasn't taken until, what, third or fourth round? Is later, yeah. Which, I mean, I'm, when I was thinking about it, I mean, not a lot of teams need a quarterback. Why would they draft Malik Willis? That's just my opinion. Um, he's got the talent, but, you know, he was probably thinking, man, we'll be first round. Not so much, my friend. Not so much. Still, You'll get your gonna, chance one day, though. Still going to get a decent paycheck, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, high School Athlete of the Week this week goes to Dora High School's Amaya Doty, who placed first in the 100-meter race at sectionals at Winfield on Saturday, qualifying her for state. So, very cool. Congratulations. Good luck at state. Very nice. Uh, the award for best thing I saw this week is going to Michigan uh, halfback Connor Hayward, who was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, where his brother Cameron also plays. So, he's going to get to play with his brother. Really cool stuff. I like when, uh, when family members get to be on the same NFL team. Happens from time to time. Yeah. Pretty cool. Good to hear. Uh, bust of the week, once again, goes to Baker Mayfield, who found no takers during the draft. Nobody willing to mm. trade any draft picks for him. The former number one is nearly out of options for a team, with only the Seahawks and the Colts still realistically in the quarterback market. The former supposedly uninter- uninterested, while the latter already passed on him. So, not looking good for Baker, who is still stuck with the Browns for now. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't deserve all this hate either. You know, no. I saw... Um, Carolina Panthers, uh, you know, former receiver Steve Smith, um, he made some video where like, oh, the Panthers are kind of interested in trading for Baker Mayfield. He said, he goes, no. And I'm thinking, the Panthers don't even have a good quarterback. Yeah. You have Sam Darnold, who sees Ghost. Yeah. Um, I think not, you could do better. He's not terrible. He's still a very talented quarterback. He's just, no, it's just yeah. not working out for him um, right now. Nobody needs one that bad right now. Yeah, I would say Seahawks would is really his only option because Colts obviously they traded they got Matt Ryan, yeah. Um, so I guess you could say the Falcons maybe too. Um, yeah, that's really it. There's really nobody else. Maybe the Lions if they don't like Jared Goff, but yeah, there's not really anybody else. Well, time for our next segment, listener letters, where you get to we get to listen to your letters and you also listen to the letters. Here's the theme song. <laughs> Go-getters write letters, we're the ones who read them. Please don't stop writing in to fill the time we need them. We are reading letters, the letters wrote by you. If you'd like to write us a letter, you can do so by emailing us at gamemanagerspod at gmail.com or just messaging us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram where you can follow and find us at TGMPod. This uh, first email comes from Connor. Connor writes, hey guys, would you consider doing an episode on the biggest draft busts of all time? I think it'd make for an interesting topic. Mm. Thanks, Connor. Absolutely, yeah. Just a little taste we had of it today was pretty fun. So uh, maybe that's what we'll do here one week soon when nothing's going on. Yeah, Connor, we won't let you down. Or we probably will, so don't get your hopes up. We also have an email from Julius. Julius says, what do you think is the best sports song? Can be from a movie, sporting event, played on the PA, whatever. I always like Sweet Caroline at sporting events, even if it's overused. War Eagle, Julius. You got your War Eagle, yes, for last week. Good on you. Hey, Justin. War Eagle. Um, yeah, I like uh, I like 
all the music from Rocky and the montages, even though it's like silly mm. and dumb, I think it's fun. I the Tiger, all that jazz. Uh, Sweet um, Caroline's like, probably my favorite. Like, yeah, um, I like the Rumor Titans playlist. All the songs they threw on there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I the Tiger. That was definitely one of my favorites growing up because they even. I mean, they would play that at Auburn games. Um, what do you think about like the Longest Yard? the newer one soundtrack where they just do like Nelly's here comes the boom. And then it's on every <laughs> sports highlight list for the next 10 years. There's actually talking about sports playlists. Um, Tiger Woods PGA tour 2004 had one of the awesome intros into a game and had a great song. I don't remember what the title is, but it's, it goes, you know, it's the one that goes, y'all going to make me lose my mind. Oh yeah. Up, up in up, here. Yeah. That guy. was it, it was great. I th- talk about like a sports game. I love that intro into the game. That I thought that one was pretty cool. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of ones like yeah, like PA, like they do at PA. Um, I like uh, yeah, Sweet Caroline's my favorite on the PA, even if it is overused. Yeah. It is, it's a good song, I think. Okay, well I think it, that this isn't a song, but I like uh, baseball games. I like when like the organ. Oh yeah, when a lot of uh, yeah, stadiums like they have the organ and they do all those different sounds. I like that. That's cool. I like that too. All right. Well, I think that wraps up this week. We'll we'll be back next week at the same time on WJLX one hundred one five. Until then, though, uh, have a good week. Hey, y'all have an awesome week. Thank you for the questions. And hey, we're evil anyways. Do 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 do. Outro song. Blue forty two. Blue forty two. Hut hut. Thank you for listening to The Game Managers. Like the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGM Pod. Until next week, goodbye, adios, and sayonara.